Hey, I want to thank you for being here. You can grab more of these conversations on arrow.net, A-R-R-O-E.net. Let's play it forward. These are real people, real stories, the struggle to play it forward. Episode number 548 is with Ian Harrison from NBC's The Voice. Oh, I'm doing so great. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. How do you prepare for a moment like what you're going through this morning? Because, I mean, there are a thousand questions coming at you a mile a minute, and it's it's like, wow. And, I mean, I, how are you embracing this? Oh, man. Um, I'd say almost every time I usually just get up right out of bed and I take a deep breath and I say, well, what happens, happens. <laughs> but see, that's a great feeling because I, I call that stream thinking in the way that, you know what, I'm going to live in the moment of now. And what happens in this is the I learned that in martial arts where the, the, the my Sabadim would say, can you control it? Are you in control? And if I said no, he says, then walk away from it. Just get away. And I mean, do you do yeah. you live the same kind of path? Yeah, kind of. Basically, I'm just like, you know, I I can control what I can control and everything else is going to roll right off and I'm not going to worry about it. Picking up that guitar, your father gave you a guitar. I mean, what what is that moment like? Because I, I cherish my Ibanez Flying V, which also came from my father. And it's it's like, you know, there's so much history in the instruments that we bring with us. Yeah, um, it is definitely the guitar that I take care of the most. Um, it's a Tihuru from Japan. But it's like, I mean, it's got to be 30-something years old. Uh, it's got this gorgeous pearl inlay. I mean, I love that guitar. I love it. It's the one I learned to play on. It is the one that I, like, if I have a really big show that I'll take, other than that, I cherish that thing. I always I always have that that Peter Frampton kind of fear, though, when I take the guitar out there and, and, and you know, in, into a place where there's a lot of other people because I'm always afraid it's going to turn up missing. And, and, and I'm thank God he found his guitar several years later, but, but it's still that fear of losing that one guitar. Oh, of course, yeah. And I don't have that fear about my other guitars. Like, I can bring those and I can beat them up and I do not care, but that <laughs> That's that's the way I am with writing instruments because I collect uh, Mont Blancs and stuff like that, and there there are only a certain amount of these writing instruments that I'll bring out because I'm afraid I'm going to break the nib on them or something like that. It's like, oh dang, now now what 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 what? Yeah, exactly. One of the things that we have in common is that we we sang in the, in in choir at school. Um, I also did some really crazy stunts. Like I wanted to be the baritone, so I purposely tried to take it down there and sucked really bad. What what's some crazy things that you used to do? Um, well, my choir career ended in eighth grade, but I feel like I was always so nervous about me not being able to almost hit all the baritone notes mm -hmm. and I was always better. And I think that was always challenging for me to accept until I really leaned into it. So I feel like that was the biggest thing for me. You got to be a baritone. You lucky son of oh, a gun. Now I am. Oh my Now God. I am. <laughs> it, it, it was one of the things that, that I loved about, about school choir in the first place is that it taught you how to collaborate. It taught you know, that, that it wasn't centrally about you, but, but you had to work as a team in order to bring things together. And I think it honestly made it sound prettier. Yeah. I'll give I you love cool sounds. Yeah. Yeah. It was, was there a certain period of music that you guys studied? Because we did Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. And, and, and I'll never forget that I still hold on to what we created as a group. Oh, man. We sang Latin and historical songs. Really? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. So that means that you weren't just a choir. You guys had to put the movement involved as well. Uh, not, not a ton. Um, every now and then we do like a show where we actually did move. But a lot of it was literally just like you know, songs with a lot of vowel control and reading off the page and stuff like that. Wow. 
being at the age that you are at, at 20 years old, there used to be a time in music when that was retirement age. I mean, that, that's when Mick Jagger, you know, they, they said should have retired, but he didn't. He, he, he's kept going all the way up into his, his late 70s. What is it like for you at your age knowing that you have a full career waiting for you to bring it forward? Oh, man, it is. It's nerve wracking, definitely. But it is also probably one of the most exciting things that I could ever like ask for. The fact that this opportunity has been laid in front of me is just a thing that I couldn't be more thankful for. Is it a showcase in the way that so many musicians will go to L.A. and you know and rent out the art museums and stuff like that? Because I mean, I mean, I I know they try to turn it into a competition, but as a viewer, I don't feel there's a competition. I just feel like that you guys are you're you're. It's like a gigantic big concert. Yeah, and honestly. That's kind of the way I feel like it feels between the contestants. Like we're all really good friends. We don't want to compete against each other. We know that each and every one of the people there is talented, but a lot of it's just like, it is what it is. And we can, we're going to enjoy the best of it. How big is that stage? And the reason why I bring that up is because it looks larger than life on TV, but I, I know that it, it, you know, how big is it? Because it's just one of those things that is always on the mind of a viewer. It's not that big in person. <laughs> Thought so. <laughs> but you guys make it so big, though. Yeah, that widescreen fit definitely makes it bigger. I feel like the other thing is that the judges are closer than they appear to. Oh, really? Because I have... like almost they're almost right in front of you. So when that chair turns, oh my god! Yeah, like it's like they're right there. You can see them. Oh, their whole face. You can see exactly everything. Like it's crazy. Well, Ian, during the blind auditions, how did you keep going then when they turned? Because, I mean, I, I would just say, man, thank you so much, man. That, that's so cool. And I would, I would have started the interview process right there. I feel like the biggest thing for me, uh, my nerves are going so hard mm -hmm. that as soon as Blake turned, I was just like, oh, thank God I'm safe. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. Like, I just needed it. <laughs> you were stolen by John Legend. Is that like an NFL player that's traded to another team? Does a whole game change? It really does. It's so cool. It's like, it's honestly like being a part of another team and going in a different direction. It's awesome. No. So when, when you join that team, I mean, I mean, all of a sudden you're, bec you're becoming a part of those players. How, how do you uh, get into that? I realize it's not, you know, we're, we're not going to call this a competition, but you're still stepping into a different circle. Um, yeah, I feel like the biggest thing that I was nervous about moving to John's team, not only was working with John, but the fact that John had just like, some crazy talented vocalists in my mind on his team and it felt like it was going to be a lot more competition for me and i wasn't sure if i was ready i was just scared you know mm. so then then do, do you use those other people on the team then as tools as well i mean you, you sit there and you vocally exchange ideas and plans oh i mean uh when you sit down with them of course like uh there's times where team john was all in the same room and we'd all just you know hang out and talk and like talk about our music and stuff like that so of course that happens yeah what what is the one thing that you've learned the most that that you it's it's like i gotta remember this i've got to remember this hmm it's a tough question maybe it hasn't happened yet yeah maybe it hasn't happened yet <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that's what i like about about creativity in general is the fact that we were such open souls to you know allowing new ideas and new thoughts to basically help create our paths yeah i feel like that's a very good statement coming from columbus there's a lot of of sound that comes out of the ohio area is is it because the roots of rock and roll are right there at the hall of fame what is it about ohio that really delivers the sound 
That's a good question. I mean, I've seen a lot of artists come out of Ohio and really just like, I mean, they've had some pretty successful careers. I mean, 21 Pilots, John Legend, Kid Cudi, like it's, the list goes on. But I mean, I don't know what it is about Ohio, just Ohio people support and there's some talented folks here. Is it the rivalry between the Buckeyes and, and, and Michigan? I mean, that always helps. <laughs> don't they have that game this weekend, the two of them? Or was that already played? No, that one hasn't been played yet. Uh, Michigan played Michigan State this weekend. It'll be in a couple weeks. Oh, my God. This is, it's, it's just amazing how Ohio is always on fire with something to do. And and it's, 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 I just love to talk with people from Ohio. Because here in the Carolinas, a lot of your, your, your families are moving down here. And to hear the yep. stories up uh, of what goes on back home is just amazing to me. Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, I love Ohio. I love the energy. I love the football games. I love everything about it. What is your vision of the future? Are you going to stay in Ohio or are you going to be like so many musicians and they're going to make their way to L.A.? I mean, now that you've had a taste of Los Angeles, oh, my God, Ian, that that place, every you're, no matter what you are, you're accepted. Yeah, I feel like that's a tough question because if I had to go out to L.A. for a career for a few years just to get started and eventually I can move somewhere else, I think I would do that, but I don't think L.A., is my ideal location, but I also am not sure that Ohio is either. Mm-hmm. Singing a Billie Eilish song. I mean, her and her brother sitting in the, I, I just have this, this vision of them putting their first album together, sitting in that bedroom, recording and recording and doing overdubs and punch editing and things like that. I mean, she has opened up the door for your generation to say, hey, look, do it at home. Do it in your own studio. Grow organically. That is such a good point. I also think that it's like good to mention that Phineas is probably like, I mean, one of the best producers in the industry right now. Like he can produce it in a bedroom because he's just that talented. Like there's like, there's a lot that goes into it and it's so cool. And I love every aspect of it. His, I, I listened to him with Howard Stern and stuff like that. And it's just amazing how his imagination is able to tap into the rhythm of life basically. And it's just, just, and then for him at such an early age as well, to be able to find that sound, what do you do to locate your sound? I mean, do you, do, is, is there meditation involved or do you take a long walk? What, what is it that helps Ian find that moment? Uh, a lot of times I'll put the chord progression on a loop on like just a pad that I like. Yep. Put it on a loop. And if I have to, I'll play around with other sounds. But sometimes it just kind of like, you know, comes to me. Um, I feel like the biggest thing I like is like layered vocals with like a choral sound, like stuff like that. Like I love to implement that with the music. Do you ever listen to uh, what's called frequency music? Because it, that sounds like what they do with frequency music. Uh, not a ton, no. Yeah, it's it's. I, I love when you start layering and stuff like that. That allows the imagination to have several different steps where it can climb. Today, I'm going to listen to this inside this song. It's it's it almost serves as like an invitation to keep coming back. Yeah, exactly. So you have a studio at home then? Uh, yeah, a mini one. See, but yeah, a mini one. But in your head and heart, my God, you know, it's larger than life. Oh yeah, no, it's it's so cool. It's fun. I spend a lot of time there. How how often do you get in there? Because you know, creativity is one of those things that can consume a whole entire day. Yeah, of course. Um, I feel like when I'm in there, I a lot of times forget to eat when I've been there all day. <laughs> um, but I mean, it depends. Right now, I'm kind of holding back a bit because, uh, but I'm also like writing, mm-hmm. just not in the studio yet. 
Mm. So lyrically speaking, have have things changed? Because there for a while, it, you know, even with and I love me some hip hop, but the thing is, it was all starting to sound the same. So lyrically speaking, in this present day, is is it changing since we've gone through so much? Hmm, that's a good point. Um, you know what? I, I I don't know because I mean I understand. You know, we we got to get to the hook. We got to get to the chorus. We've got to get to this. And you know, radio always had that 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 rule that was if I don't get to the hook in twenty five seconds. And I always thought that's so abusive to the songwriters. You're, you're forcing them to get to the hook of a song in twenty five seconds. And and you know and, and it should be. I mean, because I really believe that you guys, if if you needed a four minute song intro, give it to them. Yeah, and I feel like that's the biggest thing for me is I don't want to be tied down to like the layout of a normal song, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus, bridge. Like, I don't want to be held to that. Like, I definitely think I'd experiment with doing other things. What What's your long term vision? What What do you want to do? Do you want Do you want to form a band? Do you, you get in the studio, record some music? What What's that next step? Because listeners are following you now because you're on NBC's The Voice. But what's it's always that next question. What's next? Um, I think you're going to have to wait and see, but you're going to be excited. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> hey, that's a binge watcher right there. You just, you just gave me a cliffhanger, dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you binge watching any TV? Uh, at the moment, Supernatural. Now, where's that found at? Uh, Netflix. Really, really. That's that's you know that it, it's so strange how Netflix has really tapped into that. Would would you ever create something in the way of of like a listen binge watching? In other words, where where people have to keep coming back no matter what to get the next part of the story. Yes, of course. That's I what, love it. It's great. It is great. Where can people go to find out more about you? Give you some love and start giving you some serious support by way of because I know you're going to be the type of person that's going to have merchandise and stuff like that. So where can they go to you know get that journey started? Uh, you can go to my Instagram, which is Ian Harrison, or you can go to my TikTok, which is at I'm Ian Harrison. Dude, please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Hey, thank you. I appreciate no, you. Thank you, dude. Be brilliant today. <laughs>